my name is John Holt, and this is the Longealki Count bonus stage. I'm on my own today. I just thought I'd record this one-off special, solo single, if you will, um, just to run down my top 10 movies at the midpoint in June 2021. The top 10 movies so far of my 2021. Uh, before I begin this list, you will notice that it is um, populated by the occasional thing that came out in the States quite a while back. But us being here in the UK, we've um, always been at a disadvantage, worse so during a uh, pandemic season, and things have been delayed. So we've only got to see them this year. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. So my number 10 movie of 2021 so far is a movie called Black Bear, directed by Lawrence Michael Levine. This is kind of like what Inland Empire would be if it was a mumblecore. I mean, it's even more obtuse than anything else on this list, and it presents an intrusion into a toxic relationship. That's the initial setup. And then it becomes a character study by showing us the indie film production based on this intrusion into this awful relationship. And then it reveals itself as an expose of the casual facades we all portray. And Aubrey Plaza is the sort of central performance of this thing. And it's a revelatory tour de force performance, which is worth watching Black Bear for alone because it's amazing. So number nine is a movie called Flashback, also known as The Education of Frederick Fritzel, and is directed by Christopher McBride. So this is um, kind of like the feeling you get when you've been haunted by someone from the past because you just have like no idea where they went. Um, it's been a common feeling for me because at one point I just assumed everyone would turn up on social media at some point, and this has not been the case. So there's people like from my childhood, from my teenage years, from school, that I just have no clue where they went. Anyway, Flashback is kind of a Philip K. Dick riff that takes this premise and welds it onto a drug that shifts your perception of time. And it's been compared to Donnie Darko quite a bit, and maybe a more apt comparison is elements of Donnie Darko combined with Denny Villeneuve's Arrival. It's not a perfect film, but for a hazy end-of-week watch, it's a real movie that felt like an absolute ride. Uh, it's visually stunning, it's well-acted, and thought-provoking stuff. Check it out. Number eight is Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by Shaka King. We talked about this elsewhere on our award season episode, but I still think this was one of the best of the bunch last year. So, you know, it's a really well-acted, really eye-opening look at history. And it's a top-notch thriller as well. So check it out if you haven't already. Number seven is The Empty Man, directed by David Pryor. It's been fascinating to watch this become one of the first true blue cult movies we've had in an age. I've seen this twice now, and although nothing has compared to that first watch, which I mentioned on another episode of the podcast this year... This remains a weird beast. It's lengthy for a horror film. It's haunting. 
It's flawed, but it's one hell of a descent into darkness that's only going to grow in stature as time goes on. So if you haven't already, strongly recommend checking out The Empty Man. Number six is Cherry, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. I find critical consensus, uh, more often than not, absolutely baffling. I, I find the fact that there is a term, critical consensus, baffling. It indicates that any alternate opinion is strange and somehow invalid. So I'm going to buck a trend and tell you that I love the Russo Brothers movie Cherry. Early on, this was tipped as a big awards contender. But when it came out, the critics seemed overly focused on the quirky directorial flourishes that Cherry has. And whilst those are there, for me, they don't always work, but they don't overwhelm the film the way it's been portrayed that they do. Instead, what made Cherry work was the two leads, uh, Tom Holland, obviously, who everyone knows is great, and someone called, it's either Sierra or Chiara Bravo. So Holland is proving to be one of the first true blue young movie stars in a long time. They can also act, it turns out. And Chiara, Ciara Bravo, is also a real find. The central relationship and romance here between these two is what really works in Cherry. It's up there for me with Clooney and Lopez, DiCaprio and Winslet. If you were to compare it to a recent couple with on-screen chemistry that just absolutely sizzles. And it was this that kept me glued to this odyssey through First Love, Iraq, and eventual drug-fueled bank robbery. And I would say Cherry is well worth your time. It's on Apple TV, which is kind of, it feels like Apple sort of has a limited audience at the moment, but it is widely available on Apple, so it's well worth checking out. Number five is Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, directed by Josh Greenbaum. And a possible topic for a possible future episode is defining the cult film for the modern age of pandemic delays in streaming, because Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar was proclaimed a cult movie the day it hit VOD earlier this year. So this was originally delayed from August 2020 and then debuted straight to streaming this year. So there's two things that this has going for it. Number one, the protagonists are a much-avoided subset of society, middle-aged women, besties who have settled for the simple life of book clubs and culottes. Number two, this is one of those you-never-know-where-it's-going comedies like Anchorman, or more closely, Austin Powers. Based on this evidence here, comedy is not dead the way that people keep proclaiming, and I laughed a lot. Number four on my list is a movie called Nobody, directed by Ilya Nashula. I was actually going to wait for this on VOD, but I'm glad I didn't. The sort of the, the runtime of it and the premise sort of put me off, and I thought, do I have to see this in the cinema? But I decided to take the plunge one free afternoon. I went and saw Nobody in the cinema. So the obvious comparison here is John Wick, because it's from the same writer. But nobody also has elements of Taken and The Equalizer, where a mild-mannered salaryman is pushed too far and shows everyone what's what. Where this rises above those films is with the presence of Saul Goodman himself 
Bob Odenkirk. Aside from the fact that he outdoes Bruce Willis in the old Death Wish imitation stakes, his presence seems to bring out the darkly comedic shades of the material and elevates the whole thing to another level. Nobody is probably going to get a sequel. I mean, there's enough sort of backstory and other characters hinted at here for like a wider world. So it's likely. And I think actually this morning I read something that they are writing a sequel. But just maybe, just maybe this one, they should just leave it here. Number three on this list is a movie called Palm Springs, which I'm led to believe uh, debuted on Hulu in July last year and only came out in April over here on Amazon Prime. So it's directed by Max Barbacow and stars Andy Sambo from Brooklyn Line 9. And this is a, another reliving the same day over and over time warp film, which usually would mean Snoresville, except this one cuts in halfway through Andy Sandberg's kind of wedding day from hell eternity and then manages to riff on that formula by bringing in someone else so that two people were stuck in the time warp. And it was with Palm Springs that I finally realized these films, these time warp films, are a perfect metaphor for aging. Everything becomes routine after a while and you just make the best of it. And that's what these films are all about. So while Palm Springs, the journey, might be familiar, it's far wittier, uh, it, it's far mo- more moving and inspiring here than it has been for a while. So you should definitely check out Palm Springs if you've written it off. Number two on this list, which I don't even know at this point if this is even a movie or not, but I saw someone on Twitter say, yeah, it's a movie, so fuck it, that's what I'm going with. And that is Bo Burnham. Inside, directed by and starring Bo Burnham in a one-man show. So it turns out I had Bill Barr, uh, Bill Barr, Bill Burr, and Bo Burnham mixed up all along, and I've pretty much avoided Bo Burnham as a result for years. So this is a We Made It in Lockdown Netflix special, and it got some serious buzz, so I decided to check it out. And this may be the most hopeful thing I've seen in a while. So Burnham. Bo Burnham is a young guy. I think he turns 30 during the course of the making of this. And yet he seems to have a self-awareness and an understanding of satire that I thought no longer existed. And this is hilarious, inventive stuff. There's songs about YouTube reaction videos that go super meta and just absolutely blow your mind. And most memorably, there's a song about a white woman's Instagram, which borders on absolute genius, while seemingly celebrating how fucked we are as a species. So simply put, Bo Burnham Inside is unlike anything I have seen in a long time. It's life-affirming and hopeful stuff, and we all need that right now. So my number one film so far of 2021 is Come True directed by Anthony Scott Burns. So I've spoken about this elsewhere on the podcast, about this movie, and I've now seen it twice. So since seeing it the first time, I've listened to interviews with Anthony Scott Burns on a lot of podcasts, read a lot of interviews with online outlets, and for some reason, in a complete polar opposite to what anything David Lynch has ever done, Anthony Scott Burns explains what come true all means but I'm just not buying it. 
I think there's too much detail and nuance in this film, both at a script and a visual level, for the explanation to be as simple as he <laughs> has told everyone it actually is. I actually think this may be a case of misdirection, but I still want more people to watch this movie so we can debate it and what it all means. So, aside from my own obsession with this movie, um, this remains the most stylish, haunting, and effective horror I've seen in years, and only made with a crowd of, with a crew of five people. So come true for that reason alone is well worth your time. You need to check it out. So that's my top 10. Some honorable mentions for you. I'll just reel off. Synchronic, Palmer, Greenland, Willy's Wonderland, I Care A Lot, The Wanting Mare, Bliss, Godzilla vs. Kong, Nomadland, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Run, Hide, Fight, Those Who Wish Me Dead, and Dinner in America. So that's where we're at. In June 2021. Thanks for listening. We will be back with a normal episode next week. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon.